0: What's up, Celebration? Come on, let's welcome in all of our campuses, all of our locations right now. Man, We want to thank you for joining us today, especially all of our churches, all of our locations, and all of those who are participating in this God First Life series with us. We're actually concluding the God First Life series today. And if you are in Jacksonville, all of our locations in Jacksonville are getting the video message today because I am visiting our brand new campus down in Orlando, Celebration Church, Orlando. And we're so, so excited uh, about Celebration Orlando. It is off to a fantastic start. So if you have your Bibles, I'm going to ask you to go to the book of 1 John. The book of 1 John, we actually uh, read this in our daily Bible reading this past week. 1 John chapter 1, I'm going to begin reading in verse 3. 1 John 1 verse 3. The apostle John says, "We." proclaim to you what we ourselves have actually seen and heard so that you may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We are writing these things so that you may fully share our joy. And many of us know that uh, in God's kingdom, that God gives us a joy. He gives us a joy that the world can't take away. So the apostle John is about to outline some things here Uh, so that we can understand how to keep our joy full, how our joy can be complete, how our joy can be at that maximum level. And he's gonna kind of unpack... Uh, some deep things here about sin, about bad habits, about good habits, about obedience, about forgiveness, about iniquity, and all these different things there. And I'm going to try to unpack this and simplify it for you today because it's so, so important that we understand how to walk in freedom in the life that God's given us. So look what he says here. He says, this is the message we heard from Jesus. And now declare to, to you, God is light and there is no darkness in him at all. So we're lying if we say we have fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness. So many believers today, they have a relationship with Jesus. They've received Jesus as their Lord and Savior. They're saved. They have a relationship with Jesus, but they don't have much fellowship with God because they're still walking in darkness. This is what the apostle is, is, is writing about here. He goes on to say, he says, So we're lying if we say we have fellowship with God but go on living in spiritual darkness. We're not practicing the truth. But if we are living in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us, not only forgives us, cleanses us, remember that, cleanses us from all sin. If we claim we have no sin, we're only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins, plural, To him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Now he brings in forgiveness and also cleansing. forgive Forgive us and to cleanse us from all wickedness. Everybody, say wickedness. Very important. He's talking about sin. He's talking about sins, and now he's talking about wickedness. He's talking about forgiveness, and he's talking about cleansing. He goes on to say, "Look, if we claim we have not sinned, we are calling God a liar and showing that His word has no place in our hearts." Chapter two, my dear children, I'm writing this to you so that you will not sin. Isn't that kind of a little confusing? He just said, hey, if you say that you don't have sin, you're a liar. And now he's saying, now I'm writing this to you so that you do not sin. what's What's he talking about here? He says, but if anyone does sin, We have an advocate who pleads our case with the Father. He is Jesus Christ, the one who is truly righteous. He himself is the sacrifice that atones for our sins, not only for our sins, but the sins of all the world. And we can be sure that we know him if we obey his commandments. Now, let me read Psalm 19.7. It says, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. And then John 8, 31 and 32. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. I wanna to talk to you for the next few moments about freedom and the conflicting views that humans in general have about what freedom really is. I wanna get to the core of this issue because God wants all of us to experience freedom. And I've entitled this message, The Free Life. The Free Life. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. God, I pray for, Lord, these next 25 or 30 minutes, give us a hungry heart, God, that we can understand your word and what it truly means to be free. We thank you so much for your grace and your goodness. In Jesus' name. And everybody said. So, you know, human beings in general and in society, we kind of have these conflicting views about freedom, right? And we, 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 it's, it's like, you know, when we think of freedom, the first thing that we think about is, okay, I want to be free from things. In other words, I don't want restraints or constraints around my life, around what I do. I just want to be me. I want to do what I wanna do, I I wanna be free. I don't want people telling me how to live. I don't want people telling me what I should do. I don't want people telling me what I should think. Like if you ask people in general, their first thing, like what is freedom? We think about, you know, freedom from. We go back to the history of America. We, We were free from England. We think about freedom from, we don't want restraints, constraints and all that kind of stuff. And that's why in society in general, a lot of times there's a knock on the church. Or there's a knock on Christianity because when people talk about, well, you know, you know, what is Christianity? Well, Christianity is just rules and it's constraints. And people look at, you know, if, if they live for God, you know, they've got to adopt all these constraints and rules and all this kind of stuff. And they're not going to be free anymore. It's actually, uh, you know, God's going to pull them in to some kind of bondage. So it's real interesting how our society processes freedom, you know? But if, let me just kind of ask you, let me put it in another way, okay? Let's say that uh, there's someone out there and they're driving like 110 miles per hour and they're on the freeway out there and we're coming to work and you have your kids and all that kind of stuff. You almost get hit by this crazy person driving 110 miles an hour and the policeman pulls that guy over and he says, hey, you were going 110 miles an hour. Why were you speeding? You were swerving all over the place. You almost killed so many people. You put all these people in danger. Why were you speeding? What if that guy said, well, you know, officer, I just, I just feel like I need to be free when I drive. And these the speed limits, they're, 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 they're pushing me down. And, the, you know, I'm like a creative person. I, I like to be my own man. And these lines that y'all have on the highways here, man, that, listen, that's just not me. You know, I, I follow my heart. I follow my heart. And, and, and when I follow my heart, I want to go fast and I want to swerve and I want to be free. Well, (laughs) what do we, if, if you would hear that guy say that, what would you say about that person? Is he free or is he crazy? He's crazy. Okay. So in his attempt to be free from constraints, he's put everybody else. In danger and has held so many other people. I don't want to be out there. I don't want my kids to be on the highway with someone like that. Let's say that uh, there was a, a person and didn't pay taxes for 10 years and the IRS knocked on his door and said, hey, we found out you haven't been paying taxes for 10 years. You know, you're in big trouble. What if the guy said, well, you know, IRS, listen, I've really been through a process of self-discovery You know, and and when when I express myself, I I just don't feel like taxes really line up with who I am and my values. And you know, I understand, you know, taxes for you might be good. Taxes for me, you know, it might be truth for you, but it's not truth for me. And so, you know, I'm I'm just not gonna pay taxes. Would we call that person free or would we call that person a criminal tax evasion? That's what it's called. Because what happened if we all did that? There would be there would be a no. There were, the, the lights in the city wouldn't come on. There would be no government services. There would be no emergency services. There would be no military. There would be no. We 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 can't do that. So this is this dynamic that human beings have in this whole freedom from thing. We we our souls we want to be free, but at a deeper level there has to be some security in the context because freedom is not just for you, it's for everybody. Are you following me? So really watch, there's two types of freedom when we talk about freedom, okay? There's freedom from the constraints and all that stuff, right? But there's also a freedom to. There's freedom from and there's freedom to, or I like to say it this way, there's a freedom from and there's freedom for. There's freedom from, there's freedom from constraints or things that will hold us back, but there's also a freedom for. Freedom for what? Freedom for living the kind of life that you were meant to live. Freedom for being the person that God's called you to be. Freedom for developing into a whole, healthy person that can have fellowship with God and lasting joy and experience life to the fullest are you following me? There's a, there's a freedom from, but there's also a freedom for. And these are the things in, in human society, there's always this tension with. So here's the great thing about Jesus, okay? Jesus wants to give us freedom from the things that are gonna harm us, and he wants to bring freedom for the things that are going to develop us and to a healthy, whole person that's full of joy and that can be a blessing to others. And this all started, this kind of confusion about freedom, you know, it started even back, let me, let me give you a, a few scriptures on this. Look, look, at this started way back in the garden in Genesis. Here's, here's Genesis 2, 15 through 17. I touched on this talking about the tithe uh, Last weekend. But look look, at Genesis two fifteen, it says, Then the Lord God took man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Look, of every tree of the garden you may freely eat. Here's all these trees, Adam. You got all these great trees with all this great fruit. You can eat from all of them. You can be freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die. So also in the garden was the tree of life. Here's all these other good trees with fruit. But what, here's this one tree, right? The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And what God is saying, Adam, I want, you need freedom from this thing. This restraint is going to be good for you. And it's very important. This is so important where we're headed this. It's so important to understand in the garden, there wasn't just the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and no other trees. There was the tree of life, there was all these. See, God is never gonna deprive your soul without a blessed and healthy replacement. I want you to remember that. See, there's freedom from, if I need to be free from this tree, guess what? God's gonna give me the freedom too. Then where do I satisfy that desire that's gonna be healthy and good for my soul? So this started, wait, what did the devil come in? The devil came in, he told Adam, he was like, man, did God say, not, don't eat of this tree of knowledge of good and evil? Man, he, listen, you're missing out. God's put, man, he's pushing you down. He's putting limits on you. I can't believe you're not, you're not man, man, he even said that, you can't eat it or you, you can't even touch it, which God didn't say that. Did the devil's saying, look, man, you you like, like, man, this is, the, golly, serving God, what a, what a restraint, what a constriction. But in actuality, they had all these other wonderful trees that were going to feed their soul in a healthy way. And the one tree that God said, I need you free, from, you're free to all these, or free for all these, I need you free from this, that one thing. They got their freedom, their, how they process freedom mixed up and they went after the one thing that was gonna actually produce death in them. And what did they do when they did that? They walked in darkness. Did they have a relationship with God? Yes. Were they saved? Yes. Did they lose some fellowship with God? Yes. And that's where a lot of believers are today. They have a relationship with Jesus, but man, they are missing out on so much wonderful fellowship because they don't understand what true freedom is and how to get it. So we see this in the garden. This keeps going down. Here's another, here's another great picture of kind of this, this replacement of, uh, in, the, in the, the dynamic freedom from and freedom for, and that's in the, the 10 commandments that God gives uh, on Mount Sinai. Let me read you this out of Exodus chapter 20, verses one and two. So God's about to give them the 10 commandments, right? They've been in Egypt, right? They've been uh, in slavery and and they've been slaves in Egypt. So now God's brought them out of slavery. He's delivered them, right? And now he's about to give them some instructions. He's about to give them some freedom for, okay? You were doing all this crazy stuff in Egypt, being slaves. Look, I'm I'm gonna replace that with some things that are gonna help you, okay? Look what God says here. He says, uh, this is how he kicked off the Ten Commandments. I'm the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. So he says, the Lord's going to give them these instructions. uh, It says, and, and God spoke all these words saying, I'm the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Now watch. Most people view the Ten Commandments as what? Law, legalism, bondage, right? But before God gives the Ten Commandments, he actually reminds the children of Israel, what? You were slaves? I'm the God that brought you out of bondage? So I'm about to give you these instructions. These are gonna help keep you out of bondage. And what Israel didn't realize and how they begin to misappropriate the law, they thought that the law was things to do in order to achieve favor with God or to achieve goodness of God instead of understanding the law for what it was, and that's it. This is how a benevolent society looks. This is how we can live free and bless one another and not harm one another. God, the 10 commandments were just kind of, it was an outward kingdom behavioral pattern that was supposed to be developed in their lives in context with a life-giving relationship with God based on grace. In other words, what does the kingdom of God look like? Well, I'll tell you this. When Jesus comes back, what does the kingdom of God look like? Guess what? We don't commit adultery. Why? Because we love God and we love one another. If I love you, why would I harm you in that way? We're not going to lie to one another. We're not going to cheat on one another. We're not going to covet things. We're not going to have anyone before God. Are are you following what God was doing and saying, look, I'm going to show you how to stay out of slavery. I brought you freedom from, I've got you out of that. Let me give you some freedom for, I'm going to give you some principles here where you can see what the kingdom of God is supposed to look like in a benevolent society. So let me, go back to this concept here when we were talking back in 1 John and we were talking about sin and wickedness and forgiveness and and uh, I'm writing these things so that you will not sin but hey, if you say you don't have any sin <laughs> you make God out to be a liar let me, let's let just talk about these things uh, here, help, let me help unpack these things for you okay, so in the Bible there's really kind of two types of sin okay, there's, when we think sin like there's sin In terms of sinful acts or disobedience, okay? We can relate to those. Those are usually what? There's a temptation. You know it's wrong, right? You succumb to that temptation and there's a sinful act. It's just pure disobedience to what you know is right. There's that type of sin. But there's also what the Bible calls iniquity or wickedness. This is sin that comes from our sin nature that's developed in us from our past experiences, our past sins, how we were brought up. It can even go back many generations. That's where the, why the Hebrew word for uh, wickedness, it means brokenness. It's the way that you were developed in sin and grew up in sin as a human being. And you have all these patterns. Iniquity, the picture of iniquity in the Old Testament, it's like a farm field with different ditches running through it. And when water comes in, the water goes wherever the cut, are or the patterns are. We all grow up with these unhealthy patterns that create unhealthy habits. So every day we're sinning and we don't even know we're doing it. In other words, the way that you look at people, the way of ingratitude that comes out of your mouth that you didn't even realize it, the way maybe there's prejudice or racism from the way that you were brought up. Maybe there's pride or greed or error. There's just all kinds of things you're not even aware of, at least yet, And it just has to do, it's not a deliberate sinful act, it's the iniquity, it's the sin nature, it's the unhealthy patterns that are in your life. Okay, so watch this, here's the good news. The good news is that when we talk about being free in Jesus, God has a way where we can get free from the sin and the sins and the wickedness Watch, the whole time you're forgiven, as it says in First John, the blood of Jesus cleanses you. Can I have a good amen to that? You're forgiven, your sins are washed, you have the grace of God. You can be a total mess and still walk in the love and grace of God and the freedom that he has for you. But here's the thing, God, for you to, to really walk in freedom, you're gonna have to learn how to replace your bad habits with good habits. And that's why the Bible talks about and it's so important, important and the Bible talks so much just about obedience. Obedience. How do we know that we love God? It's through obedience. Let me read you this scripture here in First Peter chapter one, verses 22 and 23. It says, since you have purified your souls and obeying the truth through the spirit and sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Did you see that? How do you, did you see that? How do you purify your soul in what? Obeying the truth. Well, I thought my soul was purified by by the blood of Jesus. Well, it's, it's purified by the blood of Jesus from a relationship standpoint. You're on your way to heaven, But if you want to really walk in the freedom that Christ has for you, you have to learn how to obey God. (laughs) If you want to come in, that's why Jesus, what did he say, John chapter eight, verse 31? He says, look, if you abide in what? My word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know what? The truth and what? The truth shall make you free. It's, it's obedience to the word of God. Watch. Does Jesus set us free when we, when we're saved? Yes, absolutely. Does he love us no matter what? Yes, absolutely. Will the grace of God always keep us in relationship? Absolutely. But listen, the grace of God will always keep you, but it's obedience that sets you free. And there's so many believers today. It's what, Jesus has saved them. It's like we were in a prison, right? We were in bondage. We were in a prison. Jesus has saved you. He's come down. He's got the key. He has all authorities. He's opened the prison door. But unless you walk out, you're not really free. So watch, here's the thing. Are you free? Yes. But are you walking in freedom? No. And that's why the Bible says the steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord. And when you become a disciple of Jesus and surrender to his lordship, it's like bam, now you have the grace, you have the power now to begin to obey the word of God. And as watch, as obedience takes shape in your life, that old sinful human nature with its bad patterns is replaced by a divine nature with its good patterns. And what God wants you, he wants all of us to kind of have a lifestyle of obedience. Here's the key, and this is where it's gonna tie into the God first life. Watch, your obedience is habitual. It's not circumstantial. It's habitual, it's not circumstantial. Let me give you a few things about this, okay? A few points, write these down if you're taking notes, okay? Good habits free us, sinful habits enslave us. Good habits free us, sinful habits enslave us. So God wants us free from the things that are going to enslave us, fracture our soul, make us not able to have increased fellowship with him and joy, and he wants freedom for us in the things that are gonna develop us into who he's called us to be. Matthew six thirty three 33, and living a God-first life is replacing bad habits with good ones. Very important. When we're talking about freedom at a foundational level, Matthew 6:33 and living a God-first life is replacing, everybody say replacing. Replacing bad habits with good ones. <clears throat> Let's read Matthew 6:33. It says, "Seek first the kingdom of God and what? His righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. So watch wholeness. We're talking about wholeness is replacing wickedness with righteousness. What is wickedness out of first John? Those are your old patterns, your unhealthy patterns, your iniquities. What does God say? Okay. We're going to seek first the kingdom of God now Remember, we're going to replace worry with worship. It's all about replacement. God says, look, you don't need that tree in the garden. I've got replacement trees for you right here. You don't need to act like slaves in Egypt. I've got a replacement thing for you right here so that you know how to have a healthy, happy life. This is what Matthew 6.33 is. It's about replacement. And God's what is righteous. God's righteous ways, his ways. God's saying, look, if you'll seek my kingdom first, and my righteousness, my right way of doing things, all of the things that you're really desiring in your soul, freedom, happiness, joy, fulfillment, love, all these kind of things, I'm gonna give those things to you. I'm gonna show you how to replace your bad habits with good ones. And here's the power, understand this, a habit will trump willpower every single time. Every single time. Do you realize, latest studies say this. Latest studies say that up to 50% of what human beings do every day are not decisions or choices, but habits. Realize all the habits. When I get, I, I tied my shoes this morning, I don't even remember it. When I got up, I didn't sit, think, think. thank God, God wired our brains in such a way where we could develop habits and not have to think about it every, okay, which way do the laces go? Could you imagine that? Thank God when you drove to work today, you didn't think about how you came to work. You just, you just come to work. I'm not reading all the signs and all the different things. It's, what, what is it? It's a habit. When you're typing, it's a habit. You're not, okay, where's the P again? You're like, are you following me? God has wired us. Here's the great thing about wickedness and righteousness and bad habits and good habits. Watch, you can replace your bad habits with good habits, but it starts with a one-time decision. That's why in the God first life, what do we talk about? You don't redecide. You don't redecide. Wouldn't it be awesome if forgiving someone that offends you was a habit? You couldn't help but do it. You had to make the decision and be intentional about it at first, but it formed into an, a habit. You're unoffendable. Want to be all when you when you get a paycheck? I listen, I t- it's a habit. I don't even. I've got it set up automatically. I've, I've never looked. Okay, how much draw? It's, it's automatic. Everything's being tithed automatically. Wouldn't it be awesome if the body of Christ, if we replace all our bad habits? Look, we would forgive habitually. We would love habitually. We would serve habitually. We would come to church habitually. We would worship habitually. That's where freedom starts. Freedom starts when you replace bad habits, iniquity, wickedness with good habits, the righteousness of God. Those get ingrained. And now guess what? Divine nature takes the place of your second nature. Now your soul is purified by the truth. Now the truth is making you free. And now you're walking in joy. Man, that's freedom. And you can do that. I really believe this. I believe this. I believe like when you look at the early church, you know how they were like always getting together and doing communion and breaking bread and doing all those things like daily and all the time. You know what I believe? I believe they were were replacing bad habits with good ones. I believe they've gotten saved and they were using communion. And communion is a great thing. Get in the habit of taking communion. If there's a time of day where the, whatever it is, maybe you're at work and it's lunchtime and your work environment and man, things can pull on you or maybe when you get home from work or there's something different, I encourage you whenever you're tempted to go to a bad habit, take communion before the Lord. Break bread, thank him for his body that was broken for you so you could be whole. Drink the juice, thank him for his blood that was shed for you that all your sins are forgiven. That's why we're so big on read your Bible and man, get in a group and have community and serve. What is it? We're replacing iniquity, patterns, wickedness, bad habits with God's righteousness. He's freed us from, but he's also freed us for. He's freed us for a blessed life. Come on, can you give God a hand for that? And the third thing here and the last thing is you begin to establish new, healthy, God-first patterns, habits. Your fellowship with God increases and your joy is complete. Your fellowship increases. Watch, your relationship is secure. relate, Man, it's the grace of God. And watch. watch, God can come down in your deepest, darkest moment. And when you're farthest from God, watch, I'm not talking about God Not ministering to you in a moment, okay? That can happen any place in your relationship with God. But how many of you would like to have a continued, constant, stable, sustainable fellowship with the presence of the Lord? This is what John was talking about. He said, man, our fellowship is with Jesus. And we want you to share in this fellowship that your joy can be at its maximum level, that it can be complete like our joy is complete. So we all have a relationship with God, but when you adopt healthy patterns, you replace your bad habits with good habits, all of a sudden your fellowship with God increases and your joy is complete. So let me, let me help all of us, okay? Where does this start? The first place that it starts, it starts with surrender to Jesus. Okay, Stovall, I want to do this. How do I do this? You've got to surrender to Jesus. In other words, Lord, it's, it's my life, but I want to do it your way. And God, I realize that any principles or instructions that you give me from your word, it's only going to create freedom in my life, not restrict it. The power of Surrender. It is, it is why, I mean, it, 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 it works for everyone. If you will come to the place where Lord, I'm going to, I'm going to surrender to you. And now I'm going to align my values with your values where I can live life from the inside out. And all of, I've, I've got bad hatter. And you know what? Those might continue. Guess what? That's okay. Just like first John says, look, the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. God's not asking you for perfection. You know what he's asking you for? He's asking you for trust and surrender. But I'm gonna begin adopting God's ways and living life from the inside out. And I'm not gonna be subject to the whims of willpower so much anymore. Willpower is so finicky. Your willpower might work. It might work. You know, if you got enough sleep, you know, spent a lot of time with God that morning, nobody made you mad or you following me. Maybe your willpower, but listen, habits trump willpower every single time. And God's saying, I'll develop these good patterns in you as you begin to walk with me in obedience and you'll not only be free, but you'll live free. And today, what we're doing is we're celebrating water baptism. That's one of the things that water baptism represents as you go under the water, what are you doing? You're leaving your old life and your old patterns behind. You're coming up in newness of life and saying, Lord, I'm ready to start afresh, establishing and adopting your righteousness so that I can live the free life that you've called me to live, washed, clean, and whole in my soul. And so I wanna remind everyone Uh, At at our 5.30 service at the Arena in Orange Park and then our 12.12 service at St. John's today, we have water baptism. baptism. Even if you're in one of our morning services, man, if you want a fresh start, uh, if you need to be water baptized, I want you to come back for the 5.30 uh, service. God's gonna do some amazing things as uh, we celebrate Jesus and water baptism when you abide in Jesus and his word, you'll know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Let's replace our bad habits with good ones and experience the blessed life that God has for us. Father, we thank you so much for your word. Lord, I pray right now for everyone under the sound of my voice, God, that we would say yes to you, that we would surrender to you, and Lord, then we would act upon our faith. God, I pray that there would be no confusion about what true freedom really is. Jesus, you give us two f- true freedom. Lord, help us to say yes to you and to begin to establish new and healthy patterns so that we can live free. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen and amen. Thank you for joining us for this week's message. Our prayer is that it will help you to live a God-first life. For more information about Celebration Church and other available resources, please visit our website at www.celebration.org.